to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feed You podcast. I'm so grateful you're here, and I'm so grateful that you tune in every week. I know um, you have options in who you get, you know, build into your schedule to listen to, to learn from, and to uh, get between your two ears. So I am grateful to you for tuning in every week. And if this is your first week here, welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. And I'm grateful that you took the time out of your week this week to join me. So last week, um, we talked a lot about uh, how to create killer content in our business. And one of the key components of that is really figuring out who your audience is. And so I wanted to take this week's episode to help you define and find your ideal client. And there's some really big benefits to knowing who your ideal customer is. And two of them are, it saves you a lot of time and it also saves you a lot of money. Because when you are trying to mass market to everybody out there, two really big problems happen. Number one, you do not stand out at all in a very crowded marketplace. And number two, Uh, you are wasting money just throwing uh, money and ideas and suggestions out into the world and hoping you hit something. And I really, it is so frustrating for you and for my clients who are trying to do this because you're not getting any traction and people need what you have to offer. So I wanted to create this episode this week specifically Um, so that we could talk a little bit through, you know, what does that ideal client mean? And you may have heard ideal customer avatar, you might have heard ideal client, you may have heard target market. Um, And all of those things are really similar. I always preface this by saying a target market is a broad audience. And your ideal client is a member of that broad audience that you get really crystal clear on. And this is something that just in case you're like, Oh, I can never get this done. I can never get this done. You, my friend are not alone. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now how many phone calls I've had with friends and fretting over this. And um, I also want to mention that a lot of times when you are trying to figure out your ideal customer and your ideal client, that it could be niching into a specific area that you help people with. And um, sometimes we think, oh, we have to, you know, we have to be, it has to be Sally Joe that's 75 and she, you know, goes to bingo every week on Tuesdays, but we want her to come on Tuesday and Thursday. And so, um, It doesn't necessarily have to be that specific. You could actually be solving a problem for Sally Joe instead of, you know, focusing specifically on her, focusing on her group of friends who don't have a ride to bingo on Thursday. That's why they don't go. And so thinking about it that way, you're really starting to niche into a problem that you specifically solve with your business. So to help you along with this, I have created a freebie and I would love for you to go over and grab that. It's gonna help you walk through some specific questions about your ideal client. And it's also going to give you a lot of clarity around uh, the language that you're using, the places you're showing up, and the people that you're reaching out to because you have this as a guide once you fill it out to go back to when you're creating marketing materials, when you're creating content for your um, whatever content creation uh, 
vehicle you decide to move down. So if you're doing a podcast or you're doing Facebook lives or you're doing um, video tutorials or whatever that looks like, maybe you're doing Instagram stories, whatever that looks like for you, you have a resource sheet that you can continually go back to and you can look at and go, oh, that's right. This is my client. This is how I help them because it's often easy for us to lose focus of that. We have a lot of things that go on in our business every single day. And we get, I don't know about you guys, but I do a lot of second guessing in my own head. I think that's the uh, journey of the entrepreneur is to second guess yourself on a regular basis. So when you have that guide sheet to go back to and you can have it somewhere clearly displayed on your desk or somewhere that you look at regularly, maybe you have a marker board that you stick it on, but just, you know, write up a little, even just a quick description after you go through the process so that you have that person in front of you. And I highly recommend you give that person a name. My ideal client's name is Lola. And I, everything I go through, I'm like, hey, what would Lola do? What would Lola do? Um, what would Lola think? Would Lola read this? Um, and does that mean that I only work with female clients? Absolutely not. I have a lot of male clients that I work with, but they fit a lot of the characteristics that Lola also embraces. So let's jump into this. So I don't have a sponsor this week, but I would love for you to go grab that free worksheet. You can find it at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client. And I will uh, pop that link into the show notes, but I'll also mention it a couple more times, but just my website forward slash ideal client and go grab that freebie. It's going to help you walk through this process. So the, um, the first chunk of this, I kind of talked about briefly, but sometimes entrepreneurs and small business owners really struggle with coming up with who their ideal client is. And there's a lot of um, fear that is ingrained in us in a scarcity mindset. Even if you have a really, um, what am I trying to say? A, a mindset that is not built around scarcity, sometimes it creeps in because you're like, oh, I, if I don't serve everybody, there won't be enough people. And if I don't market to everybody, I'm not going to attract the people um, to have enough business and blah, 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 blah. You go down the rabbit hole. And that is a misnomer. The reality is, is as I stated when I started this episode, um, the clearer you get about who you help and how you help them, the more traction you're actually going to have, the more people you're going to attract and the more people that are going to fill up your sales funnel because you are going to become known as the industry expert for those people, whether it's a specific group of people or it's a specific problem you solve. So for example, I have a friend that does, um, her business is in social media marketing. She's been doing it for, oh my gosh, 10 or 12 years. And she had a really hard time gaining traction because that is a very, very busy, uh, industry sector of marketing. And so there's a lot of people that do social media. And if you watch kind of the evolvement of that, because my business actually started in social media as well, the evolvement of that has been uh, very interesting to watch. So you had originally people that did social media marketing, social media training, and they did all of the different platforms. Well, now those platforms are so robust, there is no possibility that you could keep up on every single platform unless you have a team that you have people that are dedicated to each platform because there are so many changes within each platform regularly, like daily, 
but also there's all these other little sectors that have kind of grown legs within those uh, different platforms. So let's ju let's just use Facebook for example, and Instagram is is very similar, and so is LinkedIn. But Facebook not only has Facebook pages, Facebook groups, Facebook mar um, Messenger, which is a different type of marketing. They have Facebook advertising. They have live videos. They have stories. That's seven. That's seven different components just for Facebook. And so if you aren't I would say pick one of those sectors to really focus on and the people that are getting that are gaining traction and getting success in that industry do exactly that. And so you'll find somebody that focuses specifically on Facebook groups, how to grow a Facebook group, how to get engagement in a Facebook group, how to start a Facebook group, all of those different things and how to, you know, ultimately how to make money on a Facebook group from your Facebook group. And so um, that is what I mean is like there, there, you could be, you know, you could go after an ideal client, but really what that ideal client looks like, the one thing that that I ideal client has in common is that they want to learn everything they can about Facebook groups. And so think about your business that way. What is the one thing that you really can focus on that your clients are needing and asking for, and that you see as a whole in the industry and how can you go at it and help those people gain traction and see results. And so that's what I mean by ideal client. And when you get that laser focused, it becomes really easy to market because you know what your message is, you know who you're talking to, you know how you're helping them, you know what solution you're gonna offer them, you know where to find them, you know, um, you know, then you can do the research, like when are they on Facebook? What parts of Facebook are they using? What are, what kind of business are they in? What, you know, all of those different things helps you target even more your ads, your um, messaging and the way that you talk to them and the places that you show up. Because even though you're talking about Facebook group marketing, those people are also likely on Instagram. So you can cross, um, platforms and promote what you're doing as long as you're still staying focused on your ideal client. And so I want, do you see how clear and how easy that is? So instead of spending money on LinkedIn or time on LinkedIn and time is money, folks, if you, I know you've heard me say it before, but figure out your hourly wage. And if you're spending an hour a day on LinkedIn or even an hour a week on LinkedIn and you charge, you know, two, three, $400, that's a lot of money over the course of a month. So think about it that way. Like if you're spending time or money on platforms that are not serving your audience or where your audience isn't showing up or you can't gain traction, you are wasting time, you are wasting money and you're just basically throwing money out the window, spaghetti at the wall and you're not gonna get anywhere. So get really clear about um, who that is and just like walk over the, the path of fear and say, you know what, I'm going to really focus on this group of people and why, uh, you know, this group of people and their big struggles. And so it makes it really easy. And at that point you can pretty much push the easy button on your marketing because you always have the go-to. You always know, okay, these are my people. This is what their problem is. This is, you know, a different component of that problem. And you just, you get really, really clear and focused on that. And you know what to say. You can uh, survey them, you, you know, you can dig really deep on just that one uh, component and that one audience. So let's look at another, um, 
ideal client that is not problem specific. Let's look at uh, an ideal client that is industry specific. So perhaps you work in the um, beauty industry and you are specifically a hairstylist and your focus um, is natural color. And so if you are a hairstylist and you have found success with promoting only natural products, specifically natural hair color products, um, so you are considered um, environmentally aware and you um, have clients that really appreciate that, they have had great results because their scalp isn't burning, they're not getting you know breakouts, their color lasts longer, it looks more vibrant, their hair is less damaged, you know, all those different things. But you have other um, stylists who want to know about that. Well, maybe your solution is to not serve necessarily, you could go in one of two directions. You could solve the problem for clients that have all of those problems I just listed and take your marketing that direction. Or if you wanted to scale your business, you could actually um, attract other hairstylists who are interested in that product line and teach them you know, all of the different things that you figured out along the way to uh, choose a product line, to choose the right product line per hair type, um, you know, how to get affiliate deals for those product lines, how to uh, increase regular orders from customers, all that kind of stuff that hairstylists would want to know. And that becomes a different target audience. But you see how specific that is? It's not just a hairstylist. It's a hairstylist that is interested in environmental products that wants to deliver the the most um the best experience for their for their customers that is interested in overall health of their customers all that kind of stuff so that's what i mean by a super specific audience because hairstylists do a lot of different things you know they do cuts and they do perms and they do color and they do highlights and they do extensions and some do a um what am I trying to say? Facial stuff like, and some do nails and blah, 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 blah. So you get the idea. But if you get really ultra specific about your clientele or about who you want to serve, perhaps as other stylists, it makes it really clear for you to create marketing for those people. So I hope those two, two examples give you a feel of which direction you could go. You could go after a very specific audience or you can go after a very specific problem. But either way, you're getting ultra specific and it just clears up the confusion for you and for them really, really quickly, which is going to gain you traction almost immediately. And so um, when you are really clear on that, you can then more quickly figure out, you know, okay, where are they hanging out? What do they enjoy doing? What are they really struggling with? What are the things that um, keep them, you know, in a continuous pattern of problems um, or frustration or overwhelm or whatever that looks like. So if we go back to our uh, Facebook group expert, we'll use that example again. And you know, she really digs into the, the clients that are in there. It could be any variety of businesses, but if she really wanted to get super clear. She could say, I do, I build Facebook groups for people in the, in the, um, construction industry. And so if she got really clear about that group of people, those people may be struggling with a completely different um, 
problem. So say, you know, most people in the construction industry probably don't have a lot of time to spend on social media. They don't understand the value of building a Facebook group. And so she's got to start at the beginning. Whereas if you had a Facebook group for uh, digital marketing experts, the content in that group is going to be very, very different. And the problem solved is very, very different. So knowing, you know, where, what level your people are at, what their struggles are, and when they're showing up, because if you're showing up on Facebook at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, and you're working with people in the construction industry, you're going to be talking to crickets every single day, because those people are out in the field from 7am to 3 or 4pm, if not longer. So the better time to show up and get traction with them would be, you know, after they get off work. So maybe that three to five time or even later, like maybe in the evening, five to 8 p.m. or six to 8 p.m. And so it, it really clarifies, you know, all of those things that were like, oh, I don't know when to, I don't know what to do or I don't know what to show up or I don't know what to say because you get to know your audience. You get to understand them. And it's not just like randomly throwing things out there. And uh, the other thing that is really helpful that saves you money is that if you decide to run ads, you get really crystal clear about who those people are. So you can target those ads. You can target the places that they, um, visit and the the other places they hang out. So for example, if you're looking in the construction trade, you would probably look at uh, different associations or trade shows that construction workers would attend. Um, And you would want to target those different um, pages or groups or websites or whatever with your different advertising dollars. So you get in front of those same people, or maybe you want to have a booth at that trade show or whatever that looks like. So it's not only going to save you time, but it's going to save you money. And it's going to ultimately decrease your overwhelm and increase your traction. Um, And so the other really important part of that, that I almost forgot to mention is that when you go to develop your product offering or your service offering, whatever it is you want them to purchase, you're fully aware if that is a fit for what they're looking for. There's so many times I work with entrepreneurs and they're like, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a coach of underwater basket weaving. And I'm like, that's so awesome, but nobody wants that. And they're so excited about it, but then they are, then you know they put it out into the world and nothing happens and they don't get any traction and then they're sad. And I'm like, well, you kind of went at it backwards. Don't create an offer people don't want. Go and do the research, get in front of them, build build an audience, gain some traction, and then create an offer or put something together, continue to work on that audience, learn from them, do the um, competitive analysis, do the audience analysis, and then tweak your offer to meet whatever problem keeps coming up. And you're not going to be aware of that problem if you don't know who you're talking to. And so uh, when we dig into our ideal client, that's why it's so valuable. Because you not only figure out who they are, where they are, and what their problems are, but it helps you develop a solution that is just the answer to their prayers. And they're like, Hallelujah, where have you been all my life here? Take my money. And knowing, you know, even where they are economically, because, you know, you may have a uh, mid-sized company that is at a completely different profit margin level or profit level than a brand new startup company. And so if you're offering that startup company a solution that's $10,000 outside the box, they're going to be like, sorry, (laughs) I can't afford that. But whereas a medium-sized company is like, yeah, no problem. We spent that last week on advertising. And so 
knowing who your audience is and knowing how to pre- you know present to them uh, a solution that's going to meet their needs and meet not only their budgetary um, constraints but deliver a solution at the level they're expecting because if you're delivering a ten thousand um, dollar product to a company the expectation is much different than a hundred dollar um, investment from a company and so thinking through that kind of stuff by knowing your ideal client is it's going to make it a lot easier for you to make those decisions and build that relationship and which is also really important i mean that's another uh point that i didn't even throw in here but it, it the more you know about your audience the easier it is to build that relationship and create connection with them so where are um where can you get started figuring out your ideal client well ironically this is uh, something that i learned the hard way is typically you are a some version of your ideal client and usually what that means is your ideal client is you know maybe three four five steps behind where you started and you really only have to be one step ahead of who you're trying to serve because and stay one step ahead and so if you just kind of sit down and do a little journaling for yourself and you you know think about where do you like to hang out where do you shop most often what do you buy what have been some of your frustrations in starting your business what are things that you figured out along the way what are things that you're like oh my gosh i wish i wouldn't have had to learn this the hard way what are things that you're like oh that was totally easy or what are things that you take for granted i have this happen to me all the time i actually just had it happen with a client today and it stopped me in my tracks because i was like oh my gosh that is just so easy for me but i didn't even think about it but um i told him we had uh made some modifications to his google um listing his google listing he moved and so we made some changes to his google listing and and i said okay in the next two weeks after this is verified because they send you a postcard if you move to verify your google listing if you didn't know that that you can that's the only way you can verify your listing if you move is they will send you a postcard with a code you got to go in and put it in that's an episode for another day but I said, within the next two weeks, you're going to get an email from them and they're going to say, hey, we have an ad credit for blah, 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 blah. Why don't you look at running some Google ads? They do it every time. It's part of their sales funnel. And so um, I said, well, click on the link and then we're going to hang out for two more weeks. And he's like, why? And I was like, because they're going to give you a higher credit when we do that. And so um, because they want your business, I mean, it's not a, it's it's part of their sales funnel. And I've done it enough times that um, I'm able to share that knowledge now with people. So anyway, um, ultimately, if you can look at your own business and those things that you you end up answering all the time and just taking notes of them, those are things that your ideal client is also struggling with. And they're just things that you already know because you figured it out the hard way or you just figured it out along the way. But that's stuff you can share and that will connect you with the people you wanna work with and serve. So um, if you can think about you know some of those places that you've already been and just start writing them down, it's going to help you locate your ideal client because ultimately, you are some version of your ideal client, whether you have, you know, surpassed where they are or you're one step ahead of them. And so where are some places that you can actually locate your ideal client? Well, there's a ton of places you can do that, but some are 
going to be found in that little bit of journaling you just did about where you hang out. So if you are constantly hanging out at Target and you're in the, I don't know, the clothing aisle because you love their clothing brands, or maybe you go to, um, I don't shop very often, but you know, maybe, maybe you're an Amazon junkie and like you just, you, you read all the Amazon books or you listen to Amazon music. I'm an Amazon junkie. So it's easy for me to talk, talk all day about Amazon. Um, but you know, thinking about all the things like I get my groceries delivered now because it's a time saver. And so I'm, you know, probably a little bit ahead with, of my ideal client on that is like figuring out how much wasting time is costing you in your business. And so, and I figured that out the hard way. And I still have friends that um, I partner with on projects and they're like, oh my gosh, you're so good at guarding your time. I'm like, I haven't perfected it, but I've gotten a lot better out of it, at it because there is no um, ability to get back time. Time has passed, time goes by, and you can always make more money, but you can never get your time back. You can, however, pay to get your time back with more money, but time is a finite resource. So, um, you know, when you give it away to people and you do these calls, you know, the one of the things is like, let's have a coffee date. When you first start networking, I'm like, oh, there's nothing worse than a coffee date that wastes so much time. Um, and it's just basically, usually a sales pitch for the other person or just, hey, I wanna hang out and be social. Well, you don't have time for that. You're a business owner. And you, by managing your time, are taking control of your business and taking control of your destiny. And so um, I just went on a tangent there, but that was for your benefit, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so moving right along, places you can find your ideal client. And uh, the ideal client worksheet that I created that you can find at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client will also give you some ideas about places to look and questions to ask. But you can look at um, different associations and different conference events that happen for within the um, industry that your ideal clients would be attending. Um, you can look, of course, on social media, which social channels, and then there's a whole breakdown that we just talked about within those social channels of places that you could search. So different groups, different pages, different, um, your competitors is another one to go and look at. Um, it's always a great idea to go look at your competitors and see what they're talking about, see what, you know, who they're reaching out to, because even if they do the same thing, they probably still don't have the same audience. Um, and then another, um, spot when you're doing that research is finding complementary businesses. So maybe you're a chiropractor and complementary businesses to you would be people that do massage, acupuncture, naturopaths, um, um, physical therapists, people like that, that are doing body work and, um, even energy workers like polarity, um, therapists and that kind of stuff. Those are all people that have the same audience as you, but offer a different product. So getting in alignment with them and learning about their audience is gonna help you become more clear about your audience. And then of course, Google is always a great place to go search. You can go look at you know analytics, you can um, research different audiences, you can just do Google searches. Um, and then probably one of the best places to find out more information about your ideal client is to ask current clients, people that have hired you. Um, and, you know, just finding out where did they start or, you know, all of those questions, even things that they're still struggling with and, you know, where do they hang out and are they on social media? When are they on social media? Where else are they going? That kind of stuff. 
And so um, that is, you know, that is a, will give you a good start of places to start researching that ideal client. And so um, I had an example in here. Oh, I put a couple of examples in here. And um, it was of people who don't know who their ideal client is and the, and the detriment <laughs> of what that can look like. And so I happen to be on Facebook and I have, I don't, I have a lot of people in the food industry that I either follow or um, I'm in different groups for that. Cause that's always a, an area that's very near and dear to me. And there happened to be a personal chef that posted this week in one of the groups that I'm in. And she's like, oh yeah, I have this personal chef page. And then I also, I want to start this food blog. And so I'm just going to combine the two together. Do you think that's a good idea? And I was just like cringing. I'm like, absolutely not. That is a horrible idea. And so let me explain to you why that is. And so um, when you're looking at those two target markets and you may have already figured this out, they're, they're full of different customers. Like the people that are hiring a personal chef, they either don't want to cook, they don't have time to cook, they want somebody to do it for them, they have the budget to pay somebody to do it for them, um, they just want it taken care of. They don't want to think about it anymore. Just like the people that um, go grocery shopping versus having their groceries delivered. It's the same end result, but one is, you know, values their time or doesn't have the time to do it, and one probably enjoys going to the grocery store and hanging out and, you know, is more flexible in their schedule. Whereas, you know, somebody that's reading a food blog, they're wanting to learn more recipes and they're wanting to dig deep on cooking techniques and they're wanting to get, you know, the latest and greatest products and trends in the food world. And um, maybe they want to do their own meal planning. And so they're not going to pay a personal chef. And I see this all the time with people specifically in the food industry. Um, they, they're like, oh, I better start a food blog because everybody has a food blog. Well, 90, probably 98% of people that who have food blogs are never making a dime from them. And I'm like, that is a lot of time, a lot of money and a lot of work put into something that you're never going to be able to monetize. And so um, that was just an example that I came across. It's like one, she's combining two sets of audiences and two, she's not going to increase her personal chef business by creating a food blog. She's just not going to do it. And so think through that as you develop your own, your own ideal customer. And then the other one, um, oh, the other piece of that is that instead of you know going after this other audience with the um, food blog, what she could do instead is get really specific with her personal chef business. In that you know maybe she becomes a personal chef specifically for vegans, and that becomes really clear. And there are a lot of people that are vegan and vegetarian, and those are very different. Um, but if you become the personal chef that specifically serves clients that are vegan in the Denver area, let's just say the Denver area or, you know, zip codes, blah, 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 or cities, you know, listing out four cities that are nearby. Um, you're going to get a lot more traction because people are going to say, oh yeah, do you know Sally? She cooks for so-and-so and so-and-so and they're vegan and, or they're going to do a search and they're like vegan personal chefs in Denver. And that person shows up because they're so specific. Whereas if you just do personal chef, Colorado, that's a huge market and people are not going to find you. And you may even want to be more specific than using the term personal chef. You may want to say, um, 
cooking in your home or those other keywords that your audience would be looking for. But let's not go down that rabbit hole. So I just wanted to give you an example of what not to do and how it could be better. And so um, the other example that I had actually also in the food industry, I was on a food um, mission when I created these examples, but um, was I'm sure you've seen those restaurants that are the buffet restaurants that have like, they have steak and they have breakfast and they have a salad bar and they have taco night and then they have omelets and they have like a dessert buffet and all this stuff. And um, one, those are, not very frequent anymore the ones that are that are out there because they try to do everything they try to serve everything and there's definitely a market of people that go there and they usually do not um spend a lot they don't want to spend a lot of money they're trying to get the most bang for their buck and so um there's a reason most of those restaurants those types of restaurants have gone out of business it's because they are trying to serve uh you know everybody's desires in a in a one location at one time situation and also um they can't really raise their prices because their audience wants everything cheap and so it's really hard to keep quality of food up at a really low price level and so instead um if you took a look at like snooze and i don't know snooze is not a um it's a local breakfast place and i think they have i know they have um in several states um, west of the Mississippi. So I know there's some in Texas, there's some in Phoenix, there's some in California, and then there's a bunch in Denver because that's where it started. So, but their main focus when they started that restaurant was pancakes. Like they are famous for their pancakes. And oh my word, if you haven't been to Snooze and got pancakes, go. It is a definite, it's a must do in your lifetime. Um, they have like pineapple upside down pancakes, they have sweet potato pancakes, and they have a pancake of the day that's always some ridiculous thing with cookies and frosting, um, but it's definitely a, a treat. So they really focused on pancakes. Does that mean they only offered pancakes? No, but they're really clear about, hey, this is what we do. We do pancakes and we do them better than anybody else out there. And, um, you know, they, they grew their brand that way. They grew their business that way to the point where the original owners finally sold it and uh, it's been franchised. So that's the difference about getting really clear about who your ideal client is and about the product you serve because they knew at Snooze that their ideal client loved pancakes and they love pancakes in any way or fashion. In fact, the more exotic the pancake, the better. And so when they looked at marketing that, they knew that one, they could deliver the product, but two, they could charge a higher price for pancakes because they were giving their ideal client something they couldn't get anywhere else. And so I wanna wrap up with that and let you know that there are some benefits to figuring out who your ideal client are besides saving time and money, you're gonna actually offer them a more customized solution at a higher price point. So that's what I've got for you today. And again, I wanna remind you um, about that freebie that you can find at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client. But just to wrap up um, about your ideal client, you know, figuring out uh, who they are is gonna really help you define you know, their big problem so you can create a solution that they want. It's gonna help you minimize your marketing expense and maximize uh, your 
emotional connection to your audience. And overall, it's gonna increase your business and traction in a very crowded marketplace, regardless of what industry you're in, especially if you're trying to gain traction online. So I highly recommend you figure out who your ideal client is. I thank you so much for tuning in and I will be back with you next week. In the meantime, have a great week. Take care. Just a quick reminder, don't forget to grab that free ideal client worksheet that will help you map out who your ideal client is, where they're hanging out, and how you can connect with them better so that you can quit fretting about your marketing, get out of the overwhelm, and start attracting the clients that you want to work with that will pay you and grow your business. You can grab that at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client. 